Oh, I ha I have one more note. And that note is, has, has William Shatner, or Kirk, I suppose, however you want to read it, never given someone a leg up to read something? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he has. I don't think so. Hi, I'm Abby. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Paul. And welcome to 3 Beam Up. Today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 21, Patterns of Force. So, can we just agree, and for whoever needs to hear this, Nazism is never the answer to your problems. <laughs> can yeah, we just... Yeah. Go ahead. I, I thought we'd already agreed on that, like, as a society. I mean, well, I mean, recently it's been questionable at best. That's but true. let's go ahead and say this for who needs to hear it. Nazism is not the answer to your problems. Your answer to your problems is therapy, probably. That's in there. Um, general education. Well, you know, okay. I mean, at the very of end of this episode, at the very end of this episode, yeah, the answer to this planet's problem was like, you know, putting together some sort of plan to, to, to unite the planet, not just... Kill everyone? Let's, let's jump to the very end of the planet. Not the genocide. Right, let's jump because at the very end, um, when they're like, hey, why did you do this, man? Is like, oh, it was so... It was efficient. like the motion. Um, it was and, efficient. And Spock says something about like, such a tiny country took on the whole world or something. It's like, okay, first off, they were not, it was not just Germany, um, right? It was a host of, of powerful countries. Uh, and they were also not a tiny country. An axis, um, as we might call it. Yeah, yeah, we might call it a, a whole bunch of, of countries um, that was a good chunk of Europe. Germany was not a small country. and They uh, also weren't that efficient, frankly. No, no. <laughs> they were real bad at stuff. They yeah. just kept backstabbing and killing each other all the time. Like, it's well, not great. Yeah, and if you, if you imprison, like, a good chunk of your population and take all their resources uh, and then use yeah, it as labor, right? No, but, I mean, you, you could create manufacturing plants that are very efficient um, on slave labor, but that's essentially. that's about it, though. But that's not a good plan. That's... Yeah, so you this, might say like, it's a bad plan. <laughs> this Starfleet history professor, who probably should have known some of these things, these like surface level historical facts, um, where he's like, "Yeah, the one problem was like it's not just the evil people. It's like no, there were actually lots of problems. There lots were. of problems." All right, well that brings us back to the <sighs> beginning because wait, I thought are... I, I thought we're done though. No. We're not. Because <laughs> we, we? we have to talk about historiography. Like, just at the beginning of this alone, because you're absolutely right, both of you, this history professor should be schooled in basic historiography. I'm sorry, Spock, but at the beginning, what impressed me most about him was his, like, study of history as causes and motivations rather than dates and events. I have questions about how history was taught in the 60s. That's not history. That, it's John that's, Meredith that's... Lucas again, okay? It's John yeah. Meredith Lucas again. John Meredith Lucas must have had, like, ugh, I mean, have we, yeah. <laughs> We've talked about John Meredith Lucas. He has had such, actually, Gamesters was one he produced. Piece of the Action, Ultimate Computer, um, Return to Tomorrow. 
But can we just say that, <sighs> like, he, he says that, like, like Spock's like, okay, yeah, this this history professor is so good because he, like, practices the most basic of historiographical, <laughs> yes, yes. like, like yes. facts. Then they immediately present a teleological historical narrative, which is, of course, one of the historiographical fallacies. <laughs> and like I said... I have questions. I just, I have a lot of them. Well, I mean, in the 60s, they were still pretty much teaching history by rote. I mean, it was dates and names. It wasn't anything looking into the context of how people lived their lives in in history. Like, it wasn't a thing. And they were only looking at, not, not. But maybe, maybe in like the, like grade school and high school, which might, might be like what, the level of education this guy had in terms yeah, of very obviously <laughs> yeah. went to school in a place that is not rural because I know even when I was in school and I mean granted this was the 90s but like we didn't I mean we learned dates like we learned stuff like that we didn't really look into like people well okay plus let's, they let's, were super famous let's talk about John Meredith Lucas here yeah I don't think fine. we have um, I'm on his Wikipedia page okay um grew up in Southern California he went to a number of schools, the Urban Military Academy, the Southwestern Military Academy, the Pacific Military Academy, and then Beverly Hills High School. Sensing a theme. Sensing a theme. <laughs> um, after a failed attempt at college, he went into Hollywood. That <laughs> started right. As you do. This checks out. <laughs> like so, 100%. I should also say, sorry, let, let me finish that too. I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that like failing out of college does not mean he could have been a good writer. I'm not saying that as a prerequisite by all means. I just want to clarify that. Um, I think he could be a good writer at a varying, at vastly varying degrees no, of no, the, um, the education. Here... I don't think John Meredith Lucas is a good writer. <laughs> that's what Correct. I that's the... And, and my okay. point is about historiography. Yes, writing. that's that's what I was that's what I was trying to make the point against. It's just Thank yes, he's, he's he's clearly yeah. But okay, so did did the professor instruct them on how to make the warhead Good at the question. beginning? Good question. The technology thing was a little weird because the the what there's the two planets in the system, right? Yep. And one of the planets is peaceful and technologically mildly advanced, and the other one is warlike and terrible which is the Nazis. And it seemed like the not the nice planet was trying to help the not nice planet do mm-hmm. stuff and give them some technology and things. I so I don't that is the case, think yes. that the uh, what's his face uh, um, Gi- uh, not Giles. Oh wait, is it Giles? Yeah, I'll call him Giles. I don't whatever. Care. <laughs> um, John Gill, it's John Gill. I'm John Gill, that's sure. it. I don't think Gill was giving them technology. I think he was giving them like infrastructure. Okay, and so the technology probably came from from the Yes, I am pretty sure. Because I think there's a line. I think the Resistance, like, has a line of, like, they're using the technology we gave them. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was. There was. Okay, that actually makes more sense. The Enterprise is surprised, though. They're seemingly surprised by an atomic bomb. Yeah. Um, And they say that that technology, that they're, quote, generations away from that technology, which would put them in, like, what, 18th century tech? 19th century tech? Yeah. Yeah, Probably 18th century tech. Um, But they're not. The was contemporaneous with the Nazis. (laughs) They're also not. Well, they don't know that. They don't know anything about the planet yet. Um, But they're saying where they left them. But they're also not surprised by a rocket that is seemingly interplanetary and could both track and. And no, they were surprised the... by that. They were surprised by that. They, they talk seemed about more it. surprised by the fact that there was an atomic bomb on it. At least I think that was they might have thought the rocket was from the Zions. 
Okay. And wait, is that the that's the advanced? That's yeah, yeah that's that's, that's the, the good planet. And then they were confused when it turned out to be a weapon. And then they were like, wait a minute, that means it must be from the war planet, uh, the Ecosians or whatever. I feel oh, like we man. have the Ecosians in every other episode. Is that like not a race we always have? I think they just end a lot of races with Ian's. Well, the Ecosians, yeah, they're not great. All right, um, do we want to talk about the Nazi costumes? Look, I'm not saying <laughs> Wait, that they... they... Get... <laughs> okay, before they get down to the planet, can we... What What did they put in their arms? Oh, Crackers? the intro... No, wait, I wrote it down. Okay, here it is. Um, the sub-intravenous... Uh... I think it was subcutaneous, but... Oh, is that what it was? Who cares? Subcutaneous something, but... I mean, it's just clearly uh... implanted under the skin, but... Uh... Some I had subintravenous transponders. Okay, if that's a real thing, that would have been useful Every so other many times. I don't know why they don't just have those like permanently, permanently. in their bodies. Like yeah, like that would just be useful. But also, what like like what did it do? I thought it was going to be a communicator. Yeah, that's what I thought, and I thought the, and it's yeah, not. I'm gonna pull up the transponder. It was like a beacon, is what it kind of. It seems like they put like. like? one button on it or there were two like on both arms and when you touch them together it would be like alert alert no 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 it'd be like (laughs) alert alert beam us up you know beam us up that seems like a really bad plan (laughs) subcutaneous transponder i just went to the transcript Subcutaneous. okay um transponder though what is so here's the trick the the wording is Prepare a subcutaneous transponder in the event we can't use our communicators. That's that's what I thought, yeah. So, so I think it's a beacon. I thought it was a beacon. if they can't use their communicators, then that has to be, like, if they had a communicator and they said, go get our transponder location and then beam us up, that would, that's predicated on having a communic- communicator. This is predicated on not having a communicator. So my question the whole time before they pull them out of their arms is, why are they not just using this and saying, beam us up when they're in the cell, for instance, mm-hmm. and then know, beam right? us 10 feet over? Like, beam us well, on the other side I of the I have box. a whole bunch of questions about the logistics of this episode. Like, sure. there's, I have a lot of. They don't use beaming nearly I, enough. No, they do not. They super don't. <laughs> just to because say. As soon not as they find out, hey, our dude is like the Fuhrer now, that's a problem. You know what we should do? We should just kind of locate him on the planet and beam him to space. Like, hey, how about um, in another John Meredith Lucas episode, the one with uh, the gangsters, which one was that? Uh, Piece of the Action. Piece of the, the Action. action. Um, that, yeah, that is a John Meredith Lucas. Um, he didn't write that's it, he surprising. produced that one. But. <laughs> How about that beam they use to, like, make everybody on a whole place. block fall down? Everywhere. There's a yeah. bunch of stuff. So this dude seems like he just likes to invent technologies. Very much so. P- like, per episode. And not good as ones. As it's convenient. And it, they never come <laughs> to back. Be fair, and we never be, even know what they do. To be fair, in the other one, he's just producing now writing. But, um, still, yeah. But still. still. Or he likes to be involved with episodes. Well, they, they do get down to the planet after they get the subcutaneous whatever. Kelsey, subcutaneous is not like, it just means under the skin. Yes, I like sub, I th- really thought they said subintravenous, which is why I'm confused. But anyway, That doesn't make any sense, though. It's not, that, that, yeah. I don't <laughs> Below care. the intravenous? Bef- below the, yes. Anyway. Below they, the within the vein. 
they get done to planet. Now, can we talk about the Nazi costumes, which yes. is all I want to do? Chelsea. Sorry, <laughs> Yeah, I have a theory that the only reason they made this episode in the first place was because they had access to Central <laughs> Casting's costume shop, and we're no. just like, well, we have all these Nazi uniforms, so let's just use those for something, I guess. Because yeah, that's what Wink. they. Because that's what they were. They were just. They were just. They were used in a lot of World War Two. World War Two movies, and they're. They were just hanging out. And they just. On the lot. They were. My only point was that they were just so mismatched. The end. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the defense of it, from a writing perspective, um, if they just came down again, it's the same that we saw in uh, Piece of the Action, where we're like, you know. How how correct would they have gotten this if it was just one guy saying, "Hey, this is what it should be like." Like he wasn't doing the he wasn't micromanaging the facilities that produced these, and he he seemingly didn't have any books or anything. I mean, that was what piece of the action the problem was, right? That they had mm-hmm. left a book that said this is how you do the nineteen twenties. Um, correct. This one seems to be just whatever this guy said, so it's all his memory. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, honestly, it's pretty good memory for... <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that he remembers like, that level of yeah. costume right, detail. A few yeah. hundred years prior, right? So even yeah. if... Yeah, yeah. If yeah, that would be like... If you like asked me to, like, century... design a Nazi uniform, I'd be like, well, I'm pretty sure they were mostly gray, except for the SS who were black. And, like, I could give you the armbands, but that's about it. Like, Seems like you just nailed this episode. I guess so. <laughs> No, but that's correct because what would that even be for us? Yeah, that'd be like, uh, like I don't know, the seventeen twenties. I think earlier even, but yeah. like the okay, like the sixteen hundred. Yeah, like yeah, like I'm sorry, what that the level way? of detail? For, yeah, <laughs> and we'd be They're... putting buckles on our pilgrim hats and all sorts. They could of have done. Stuff. They could have done something more clever with this. They could have made it not quite one to one with Nazi uniforms, but they oh, could sure. have set it that's up. Right. So that it was like like a Nazi society, and that would have been more interesting, frankly. Yeah, because it did sort of yeah, seem like there were no civilians. And, right, and like they could have at least made it a little harder to figure out. Like yeah. they were like they you know they could have had Kirk and Spock seeing all of this like people getting taken off the streets and all this stuff and blah blah. And they're like, what is going on? And then the reveal later in the episode is, oh, I used. I used Nazi Germany as a template yeah, <laughs> because it was efficient. There's also the the sort of weird uh, part of this is that the two different, I guess these are two different species, right? Is the way we're... That's the way. They are two different yeah. species. Um, They're definitely from different planets. But when they sure. see each other, like, I couldn't tell if... They were like, oh, you're one of the other species because you're not wearing a, a uniform. Yeah. Or that's... if they could tell them apart. Because yeah. they seemingly couldn't tell them apart. They were just like, are you wearing a uniform right. or not? Right. And later well, because... tra- track, like, one of them would have had spots or something. Well, right? or, or like, a, a let that be your last battlefield, right? Like, I think something like that is a very mm-hmm. good play here. Where, yeah. Um, yeah, but then it's harder for Kirk and Spock, right? I don't know. Yeah, I well, mean, I mean, Spock just gets, like, they're all they, just people. Obviously. Yes, yes. Spock, Spock gets made pretty early, though. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah, although that didn't really make a whole lot of sense either. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a lot that doesn't make sense. That that dude, that major or whatever he was, was pretty suspicious for no real <laughs> of the reason. Ears. He was like, <laughs> yeah. "Take off your helmet." Take off your helmet. Like, why? Why would you? Why? 
Yeah, I know. It doesn't make any sense. To, and then instantly they're in uh, the dungeon. Yeah. Being that, was a, that was a quick scene change there. It's a pretty quick torture. I did, like, the makeup was generally not great, but I did like that Spock's blood was green. Green blood, yeah. That was yeah. good. They did do a good job with that. I will say, I bet that looked a lot better on the small TVs. I know we, we make that point a lot. Yeah, we make that point a lot. And yes, that's probably true. But as it was, it looked like somebody it had taken like, a, shar- a red Sharpie <laughs> and just drawn on Shatner. That's literally <laughs> like... what it looks like. Um, so I do like that they acknowledge that they're violating the Prime Directive. When they get down there. Uh, yeah. I mean, That's at least well, it's a, good a little start. late for that, frankly. It's a little late. <laughs> it is. And I also like the intermixing of, like, oh, by the way, that big screen when they beam down that, like, tells them exactly what's going on <laughs> is pretty darn convenient. <laughs> it is very convenient. And I do like the historical footage. I think it's interesting. I mean, if you have it, use it, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I just. Yeah, they have, a, they have a lot of plans that go nowhere and a lot of things they do that go nowhere, right? Although they use the same plan over and over again, um, which is the stealing say, uniform. Because yeah, they, they steal those uniforms really simple. quick. Yeah. And then it works for like a minute. But then, then they, they, get, they, keep, they, they keep using that same plan over and over yeah. again. Yeah, and like, I don't even understand what any of the other people's plans are. Like, what is even the point of, um, after that torture scene, like them being threatened uh, with death? Like, like that one dude, like the other, uh, whoever he is, army person is absolutely right. Like they have not said any information. So like, why would you kill them? Like, what is their, I don't know. I would just keep them for forever. Well, in along that line though. So the, the major who's torturing them is like, no, this is what we do. We capture them. We torture them. Then we kill them. Like that's how we roll. But then the resistance guy is sitting over in the other cell and he's been there for a while. And I'm like. <laughs> Uh, he's still alive, and yeah. you've probably gone ahead and tortured him already, so but he's so, not dead because? So the read it is that the guy that comes in second, the higher up, right? Higher up. Yeah. What, Enig, because it's Gene spelled yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh boy, okay. <laughs> um, so he's with the resists the whole time. Right? But he's not, though, no. He's not, no, he's not. No, no. He, he gets yeah, converted man. at the end. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's like nine layers of I, political no, intrigue in this. And there it is make any a sense. scene where when like him and the the first resistance guy they meet, um, there's a scene where because there's a line later where he he finds them all in the cloak closet, mm-hmm. and it's like, hey, this guy who's like high up intelligence has seen these two people, who by all accounts are like two of the most important people on the planet. And he has said, these are people that I want to pay attention to. He has looked at them. Uh, and now he's in a room with them, staring at them while they're doing something suspicious. Uh, and all they're doing is, like, wearing hats. And he's like, I don't recognize these two. Right? I thought he was they, just supposed to be a dumbass. They even no, I didn't that think out. that was it. I thought it, it was, I thought it was very intentional because I thought Enig's like, goal was to upset the chairman dude who's in control of the Fuhrer right now. I can't remember his name. And his, it was just a, a layer of intrigue that they didn't develop well. That was basically, like, Ending's oh. trying to take over. But and... I think, so the next scene, though, the first Resistance guy, like, locks eyes with this guy. And then when they leave, he says, like, he's one of us. Or something along those lines. I forget the exact they, oh, whatever. wording. 
who cares? This, well, this episode's it, such a mess. It's there's just too many levels of like political intrigue. It's like impossible. But they don't for, explain, right? It's so hard for a first time audience member. Or, was, or I've seen this many times, and I yeah, still don't understand times. what what is happening. I'm un- I was unclear for many parts of it whether or not Doris was one of them or not because it, it seems like she is, but then sometimes they're like leading her almost at gunpoint. And it's like, is she one of them? Are they using her? Um, no, it, she was. She was in the resistance. Yeah, but it's again they painted in a way that is very hard to understand with these different layers of. Um, because again, there's plenty of times where they're like leading her around as if she's a prisoner. Yeah. Well, I have a question, kind of where we are, which is, I'm sorry, one, that bed frame fell apart. And <laughs> yeah. two, how were they able to perform minor surgery with the shrapnel from the bed frame? <laughs> sure. Does anyone else have questions? I had questions. Also, why were they not bleeding? Because they're cutting into their arm. And yeah. to take Presumably, out these things and like, yeah. And deeply. how did they find them so easily? Like, do you see the and thing that like, Spock like u- like uses to like then like it's a big thing. Also, I like that that the, there was an actual line about I don't know if you can hit the broadside of a barn with this, and yet it was like perfectly angled that they had no problem cutting it in yeah. the exact right place, I even thought... though there were many lines ahead of that going. This isn't going to be very precise. This is just going to be like a fix and we're just going to use it. They had a choice of could you could either line up the crystals and then aim that way of saying, okay, you have a line drawn through two points and that line is going to be aimable. Or they somehow like said, if we shine light on both of them, there'll be energy in between them, which then is directional. No one knows. It doesn't make any sense. I have a lot of questions. I think wrong choice there, but... Well, it's at about this part of the episode where things start to get really complicated because they go to the sewers, and then you get this really sad backstory of Isan's fiancé dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, that was really graphic for Trek. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you think, like, with the five hours of her laying in the street and just being, like, spit on... I was like, holy cow. Well, and it was also like, like he was just telling them that she was dead. And also, here's all the horrible things that happened to her before yeah, she actually died. you might space that out. Right? I'm like, not sure I would have even told my brother that. No. No. There's not, just, especially, what, like, there's, there's no, he doesn't need to know. Right? No, like, exactly. <laughs> like, especially, like, the first time, like, like she's dead. Like, okay, bad that's enough. bad enough. That's bad enough. We can stop there. We can yep. just stop there. Yeah, like we don't need those details. I agree. And then when Abraham fake died, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" No, that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh. like, "This guy, Isan, is not having a good day." Yeah, I thought that whole scene was confusing at best. But it was, I didn't understand that either. Again, there's too many layers. But I will say, in the sewers, there's like eight sets or something. Did you guys notice that? How many different sets there are? There were quite a few, but a lot mm. of them were also like reused from other yeah, episodes and caves. the the built the chancellor yeah. building was just an office on the lot <laughs> like they just used an office building i like that i think that's great yeah. yeah that's that whole scene so i think that's the scene where confusion sort of i don't know that it peaks maybe it peaks and then plateaus but um that's a the long sewer? scene yeah the sewer scene yeah. it's like a yeah. long scene where they're like no i'm working for them but i'm Oh, and then she starts, yeah, is it Doris's father? That whole part of, like, 
It's like, wait, so was her father? Thought, yeah, he was part of the resistance, resistance too. Or loyal, but she betrays him. She betrayed him, he, but it was his idea. But it's his. But she's already <laughs> part. So they're both already respected. But she. It's like this is so. But to like get in their highest ranks. Well, that part made sense to me because it's like. Boy, so she spoilers. Had to... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna beep that uh, out. Okay, come on. That came out in 2007. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> the, all, everything you're saying is getting beeped out right now. Um, okay. So, okay. Uh, but I will say, um, like, that part I thought made sense. Like, they were both in the resistance, but then in order for her to be trusted completely, she had to betray him, and then he got arrested and was presumably gonna be killed. But maybe he, he was lives? killed. No, he was killed. He was killed. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there's better ways to use Yeah, especially if you've already, it is like... It It was weird. Like, this whole episode, none of it really makes sense. Like, you poke it once and it falls apart. It, it... Like, why would the Enterprise move out of range? Right. There's no reason <laughs> for it to. I like... thought that was just the natural orbit. Uh, they, they constantly are just in an orbit that... First off, they could put themselves in geosynchronous orbit. And then, yeah, it just but, fine. <laughs> um, which presumably they do most of the time. Um, but, you know, they never talk about this in other times. Like, it's never, yeah. oh, the Enterprise is on the other side of the planet, so we can't communicate. Um, yeah, it's it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. This whole thing doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I think the best part of this episode, if there is a best part, are these moments of comedy, especially with Spock. They all seem to center on Spock. Like I the scene, Spock was very unspock in this one. Well, I love these parts though, where he does this in a couple episodes. The line that's like, "We may make a human of you yet." And Spock's I hope like, not. I hope not. <laughs> but so I the thing it. he's talking about before that, he starts talking about gambling. It's like this is not what Spock would be. Like they just infiltrated a building, and he's going to pull Kirk aside and be like, "Hey, isn't it fascinating how humans like to gamble or whatever?" And I start to see the the intrigue of how gambling works. It's like that's a very not Spock thing to say. It's very weird. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then I the agree. line, "Yeah, we'll make a human of you." Yet it's like, okay, I guess, but I guess you have to introduce some levity into this <laughs> this episode. But I man, don't that's know, a weird man. one. That's... Well, I think we're kind of to the part with the film crew. Are yeah. we? Yeah. Sure. Okay, that this was one of my favorite things because I just imagine that they're making fun of their set crew, like like pretending to be this incompetent film crew right in front of them. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> I liked that a lot. I laughed for like fifteen minutes, um, and then we finally get Bones, and they like have a mistake printing his three D costume, like they're printing <laughs> it. <laughs> And I don't understand, this is another thing with costumes, Abby, why are they not 3D printing the costumes in advance for, like, for every civilization? <laughs> yeah, so the, it's it's problematic that McCoy gets a costume fit to himself so specific so quickly, at least in TOS. Um, that's Because that's replicator tech, right? Yep. And that's not something, yes, they, um, talk that's about not something they talk about or use ever. Um, that would be useful in lots and lots of places. I mean, they do in um, TAS. They, they have the replicator. That's where TNG... I So I presume that it was there the whole time, just like the Universal Translator was there the whole time. They just don't talk about it. I mean, I don't I don't think it's there 
I don't think they have things written down that they say that writers can use that they don't use, though, right? I know. Um, I mean, they they use the replicators in TOS. Like, it, it's the food. The food comes from the replicators. They like three D print weapons all the time for very like in a piece of the action. They wanted them to three D print the guns, and Kirk's like. I we can't three D print that, that many guns. Like that's going to be a big strain on our three D printer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, maybe you're right. I'm totally right. They definitely have the replicators. They just, but it's not like in they TNG, don't use it enough. They don't use where it they enough. where they okay. show like okay. the little kid getting the stuffed animal in like season one, and you're like, oh shit, this this like replicator's been here the whole this like room sized replicator room has been here the whole time apparently. I guess it's a trick. Maybe the fact that they never show it being... Yeah. I think... Okay. I th- it, well, they show the food, but that's it. They show the food. But they um, also show that in a way that is very much like they could have food behind the wall and then they're just putting it in. It's like a hospital cafeteria. Oh, um, I, I mean, well, that's how they're doing it, of course. No, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't but, actually have it. Yeah, but without <laughs> talking about it, that's... Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. a weird read. Um... I also like how Bones received zero briefing, and I also like when he had to act drunk. I don't know if that counts as Bones drinking, but it was right in his character. <laughs> I do yeah. think that Kirk came up with that line pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. He probably, he's, I mean, he was drunk, probably drinking sir. right before he came down. <laughs> he um, didn't expect to get called in. So he why? was hanging out. <laughs> Again, this, this goes back to a bigger question. The whole episode is is not answering. But as soon as they have John Gill in that room, like he's not moving, he's in a very yeah. clear Beam location. Beam him up. Yeah. Um, like, and once they get in the room, agreed. even and McCoy is there, and he's like, "Oh boy, I can't really help him. This is like beyond what I could do in Beam the field." Him up. <laughs> <laughs> like, why not take him to sick bay? Yeah. Yeah, no sense. And once again, poor Bones. Kirk's like ordering him to do this unethical <laughs> medical yeah, yeah, procedure, exactly. and Bones is like, "I'm literally gonna kill this dude. I've like sworn to do no harm. Like, no." And Kirk's like, "Well, I'll just do it myself." <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and you're like, "Wow." Does anyone else? Anyone? Yeah. Kirk just kicks everyone out of the room, and it's like, "Well, why not keep McCoy?" Um, yeah. I guess presumably because McCoy would say, don't keep doing this. <laughs> I think that's also, the reason. Okay, what did Spock do? When? <laughs> all in the episode? Yeah, like, no, what do you mean? Um, with, with the mind probe. Oh, I have, I have questions. <laughs> so he presumably altered his mind in some way. Well, so they're not going to let a mind meld, right? They specifically call it a mind probe, which, probe. which is something that they do every once in a while. And presumably, like, he altered... So... He did something to it. So Spock's line is, Captain, I have created a condition in which Gil cannot initiate speech or any other action, but he can reply to questions. <laughs> I... I... I, it doesn't uh, make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah. Like, this part of my notes is literally just like, this is so, 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 so bad. I have questions. God, this episode is so bad. I have more questions. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so, I again, I, I think it's one of these where... The, the things that can be done or the tech that can be used is just being made up on the fly. And they're like, well, I guess this makes sense. I guess this is how a mind meld works. Or 
Yeah. Um, but we've seen plenty of mind melts to this point, right? This is mid-second season, right? This is yes. late second season. Late, late second, second season. season. Um, we've seen plenty of them. And, like yeah. the Corda would be a really good example of like a, a, a non-cognizant creature where like, that, like they could speak through Spock, right? Like that could have been an option. Yeah, and I, I my my thought of like, why, why not just wake this guy up? Why not just have this guy talk? Is the thing that I can't wrap my head around from a writing perspective, of of like, what is what is accomplished right. by keeping him in this like, super groggy state or whatever that he comes out eventually. Yeah, eventually <laughs> that, he does, um, and that's and he when just starts talking on TV. Makes sense, or but, start making sense. But why have this like middling period where he can't just talk to Kirk, even though he ostensibly can talk to Kirk because if Kirk asks him questions, he can answer. Um, You're correct. There like, are what some what questions. is what is achieved by that being the way this plays out, and I can't. I, I can't think come up with I anything. think a, a delay in time, a I delay mean, in time would be the only thing. But there is another part of this scene that's kind of off to the side. I think. You mentioned it, Paul, when they, like, go out of the room really fast. And I think her name's Daris, right? Yeah, Daris. When she's like, look, Kirk, you need, like, you're a tactician. You need to choose the lesser of two evils. Like, get, like, shoot that space fleet out of of the sky and kill a few thousand people to save the millions on the planet. And he stands there and argues with her. Like wasting their time, and that like that just seems so like like not something a military commander would do. I mean, how Did far apart are these? Find that weird. How far apart are these planets too? Because they almost certainly have sublight travel, and if we're talking about getting to say Mars or Venus, um, or uh, certainly a planet, a planetary system that only has two planets, like it's going to take a while. Um, so if they just launched, they probably have some time. That said. She's also creating a false dichotomy because she doesn't understand enterprise tech. Um, Those are not the only two options. Um, They could go into space and just put the enterprise ship in front of these ships and be like, hey, um, by the way, don't do this (laughs) or we'll blow you up or use a tractor beam um, or disable their weapons or disable their engines um, or beam them off their ships into the brig. (laughs) Um, So the enterprise has, has... dozens of plans probably that are between these two false dichotomies of blow up these ships or let these ships blow up this planet um and i mean that's sloppy it's sloppy writing it's but yeah but instead we're gonna fix a complete despotic rule with one speech yeah we're just gonna have this guy go on groggily and say hey this was not what i wanted to happen (laughs) Uh, i did like his death though um and I kind of like that the Xeon ended up killing uh, the evil dude. So the to, the, to the public, they're watching this guy's speech, not the like what's happening in the room. Right. So they see this guy come on and say, hey, this is everything's wrong. There's a traitor. And then like he's just brutally shot. And then the speech ends. And then... Like, what's the next press release that goes out? Right? Who the heck knows? <laughs> I don't like, know how they're going to clean up this mess. But but what it's imp- I hope they send a lower deck ship. But what's implied <laughs> is that they just leave, send them from oh, the no. planet. And, yeah, what's implied and like, is everything like, is bye. fine. Yeah, no, it's implied. <laughs> Good thing we wrapped no. this up in a pretty nope, little package. we fixed packet. it. We fixed it. We, we murdered the, the higher up guy who was running stuff. And yeah. now they're... they're 
their Fuhrer dude is dead too, so it's going to be fine now. Everything's fine. I mean, the Ecosians and the Zions tell them to leave. And, like, imply, like, they're just like, bye, guys. Like, we got this. We got this messed us up enough. (laughs) Um, I, oh, God. (laughs) It's, yeah. I will say the ending of, um, you can fix, you can fix fascism with one very short speech. That's how this works. Well, we've talked about, um, you brought up Wonder Woman before, but right, this is like the antithesis of that, that like, it is just this one dude. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's no other evil people or other people who have evil intent. It's just, once we take care of this one dude. Oh, I have one. No, I, I agree. This is a straightforward, I mean, it's not the subtext, it's the text. It's a straightforward Nazi World War II retelling, but with the explanation of it was interference from like an evil person, right? Not like, it's not like us yeah. being capable of being this evil. It's well, like this outside interference, like re- and retelling. Once, it's also one of these where at the very end, they don't even, right, even at that point, it's still kind of subtext. But then they get on the bridge and they're like, okay, it's time for us to talk about our weekly message. And the weekly message is power corrupts. And okay. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> Wrong message. Okay. Well, first of <laughs> all, can message. we just talk about Bones mansplaining this Spock? And Spock's retort of, thank you, Doctor. I was able to gather the meaning. (laughs) That was hilarious. And probably the best part of this uh, episode. They also missed a three-to-beam-up opportunity. They did, it's true. That was very sad. But I do think this ending... I I don't think it was one of the worst light endings we've seen. Because sometimes they're really bad. Uh, It's a pretty bad one. But I I do think it was too light of an ending for a freaking Holocaust episode. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was my note. I was like, maybe don't end a Nazi like episode but, with jokes about Civil War. I mean, it's also the case, again, this this writer knows his terrible. military history. He knows his military history. He went to, like, what did I say? Three military schools. Military schools, yeah. Um, the, the takeaway of World War II is not power corrupts. Like, that is... Like that's such a simplistic reduction yeah. of this. Genocide um, is bad. Is better. Genocide is bad. It's like, uh, pretty good. It's a pretty good read of this. Like if they just went up to the bridge and they're message. like, genocide is bad. That'd be a pretty good way to wrap the episode. That'd be okay. Yeah. No. But no. Nope. Nope. It's nope. Never. Nazis are never the answer, guys. Yeah. Let's wrap. Circle back to the beginning the of our episode. Nazism is never the answer. <laughs> I mean, more broadly, fascism is never... Yeah, fascism, bad. It's bad. It's just... It's... It was... This episode was definitely a choice. I mean, between, like, like everything we said, and Shatner and Nimoy both being Jewish, right? Like, and, like, all the problems at the end. I, I can see why, like, this wasn't shown some places. Oh, yeah. Yes. Well, it wasn't shown in, like, in Germany until, like, in Germany. 2011. <laughs> like, yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I 100%. I'm like, yeah, I probably wouldn't have. Yep. I, I really don't. Oh, God. I didn't look on and Memory Alpha much. I don't know if you guys did. But, I mean, what's their, I mean, what's the history of how this one got written? There, there wasn't just... a lot about like how it got written. They, they did talk a little bit about how it was a very '60s view that Nazi Germany was an efficient state, if nothing else. But like, 
it, it didn't, I don't think it talks that much about, I read through, but I also, I usually do a deeper reading of From Memory Alpha than I did this time. This time I was just annoyed and didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it, it largely just comes from, uh, I mean, the short of it on Memory Alpha is that John Meredith Lucas wrote this episode out of his fascination with the functioning of totalitarian regimes, especially Nazi Germany, and their ability to stay in power. Don't you so. have all sorts of questions, like reading that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is It's certainly, okay, I mean, certainly in the 60s, there is a lot of, that, that question is on everyone's mind of like, how did, how did this happen, essentially? in the biggest sense of the word. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and I think that's a good good question. And I, I love retellings of things where, like, we have to kind of, like, explain it in a different way just to even, like, gain some peace. I love yeah. that shit. So, uh, but it was not done well here. This is not a... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, frankly, it is only 20 years out from it, but I don't know. Which is why I think it was in such poor taste. Like, now we're so distanced I, I don't think it's we impacting have, yeah. us in the same way. We certainly have a different historical perspective on it, but it's still, it's hard to imagine a time where this read is still a good read. Correct. Um, so. Mm. Do, not, do not like, not a fan. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm so glad we're done with this episode now. You know, because... yeah, I, I will say, we were talking about like, what's left. I do think, again, I haven't, I haven't, exhaustively looked at the list but i think this has to have been the worst of what remains right Let's i'd have to look too but it's yeah it's it's up there off I mean, the top of my head i can't think of one that we've yeah left. i mean we've already watched my least favorite episode we watched my least favorite episode early on so like mary yeah yeah i mean this this falls into that class though of like oh, yeah. patterns mm-hmm. of force um yep. patterns of force um Boy, I'm saying patterns of force a bunch of times. The, 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 gang, <laughs> the gangsters want piece of the action. Piece of the action. Um, Omega Glory, where it's like, oh, we're just gonna. It's like hurt stuff. Um, that I yeah. think doesn't doesn't work well. Maybe it worked well in the '60s, but does not hold up historically in the slice. Agreed. Oh, I ha- I have one more note, and that note is has has William Shatner. Or Kirk, I suppose, or you want to read it. Never given someone a leg up to read something. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he has. He's like, I don't he's like think why so. don't you just position your foot in the middle of my back or something? Yeah. Um, yeah, and no. even handcuffed, right? The way to do it is to like put one yeah. knee down and then yeah. put your hands down together, yeah, right. which which handcuffs does not prevent, and then lift with that to get to your shoulder. Yep. All right, well, I'll read some messages. Um, I like this, the Nazi. Fascism is bad. Retelling. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like that. But let me, let's phrase it as uh, you like, yeah, fascism is bad, but you must learn from history or like history's doomed to repeat itself, um, which is kind of a naive uh, sort of message. But I, I, nonetheless, I think that's what they're going for, what that was part of this. Um, uh, like, uh, I actually read this on a blog as I was reading about this episode. Did you guys think of it as, like, a Wizard of Oz retelling? There's definitely, no. I mean, there's one point where, there's like, one he's behind part a curtain, and I thought, oh, yeah, like, a man the comes Wizard down from the sky. Pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And is yeah. leading, yeah, part. like, it takes over, but it's, like, basically a, tr- a puppet leader hiding behind, tr- I thought that was it. I mean, I think yeah. that's a trope, not a message, but, yeah. yeah. no, I agree, it's a trope. I just put it in this part. Um, a straightforward prime directive violation metaphor. Uh, this is really text, not subtext, but it's basically like keep your nose out of other countries' businesses or you'll mess them up, including if you try to like clean up your mistakes. That's pretty common in chat. 
you guys look unhappy. Uh, I just hate this episode. Let's just yeah. <laughs> on <and do> this. <laughs> oh, um, well, I I like this message. Um, I, like a shades of gray in character episode. Like, what does Sirius Black say, Abby? Like, no one is good or evil, Harry. Like, we're not all Death Eaters or like whatever. Um, you have like the Nazi John Giles, but he's like kind of a good Nazi, and then you have like the bad Zeon. Esson, and like they can't yeah, we kill, didn't even but, like, wait. We didn't what? even get into the like the how they ex- excuse the Starfleet person of creating Nazism on a planet by making him like no, it was just to help. Like we didn't even. I mm, that's a whole other. Yeah, he's correct. John Giles is definitely an evil character in every sense. Yeah, like. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, but he's kind of good. Like, but like his his motivation is to is exactly what Abby just said. Like, like he thinks he's helping. He thinks, is, he, he thinks he's doing good. So, like, he's he's definitely a Nazi and, like, kind of bad, but, like, but like he was doing it for good reasons, and then it's really, he's taken over and, like, becomes a puppet, and that's the issue. Yeah, but again, it's the going back to, that, back to that early, like, idea of, of his understanding of history, like, either he's, well, he's fully, <laughs> fully incompetent in his study of history, Correct. or or he's evil. <laughs> I, I think he's fully incompetent. I think that's the um, read, that he's naive. And, and uh, like he was a Starfleet professor. Nice. Also, also, could I say, man, they should just take all of Kirk's Starfleet professors and um, just preemptively fire jail them, them into the sun. Oh, right? Wait, guys, like, we were looking. We, were we looking, find these a lot. Yeah, uh, we were looking the other day for Starfleet officers who like essentially go crazy. Yeah, or we were like, looking like, for them. Yeah, 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 here's one. Okay. I think it was last week. And then, of course, Bones's message: too much power corrupts. People aren't you know, equipped for it. Absolute power corrupts. Yeah, whatever. Fine. <laughs> and yeah, since they, the, they outright came out and said I think that's the, the message, painted on message yeah, that, that is not that exciting for me since they came out and said it <laughs> also also it's yeah also it's not a message but they just painted on at the end I agree Ugh, I am also glad we're done with this in terms of antagonists um, my thought my thought was where where is Taste of Armageddon on this list? Because that was one of the places, you know, and it's it's kind of down the list. <sighs> because um, I'm not humans? sure what we write this as, right? Is it John Giles or, or is John, it the John Gill? Takes... John Gill, we keep calling him Giles. John Gill. Or is it the dude who takes over Malkior? Or, or is it just Malkior? Is it is it, is just it fascism? Right? That's pretty. <sighs> well, I think they're, if we're... they're regular people. Yeah, but they're a society, right? It, it's yeah. I mean, <laughs> how about around like mob in Friday's Child? Because that was kind of a society that was kind of just assholes. That's I mean, true. that's 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 close to Omega Glory and Tracy, right? I think Tracy and Omega Glory is yeah. very comparable as well. Yeah. If we say if we say that it was John Gill, um. Yeah, let's put it around there. Let's just do that and be done with this because I don't <laughs> want to think about it that hard for think about it. Think episode. Do you think he's more effective or less effective than Tracy? Tracy's civilization was in disarray. I think he was a little bit more effective than Tracy, frankly. Yeah. I do agree. Yeah, let's put him above Mega Glory's a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. Um, this like at least seems like a functioning society. Not in a good way, but... <laughs> but it does function. It does function. Ugh. It's terrible, but it functions. I mean, Omega Glory, like they are just. If a only, if only they had had an extant copy of the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> and a flag would have been fine. And the American—that's what flag. it was, right? Or was it the Constitution? Yeah. I think it was the Constitution. Oh yeah, Constitution. and the flag. I think it was the Constitution. <laughs> anyway. 
Yeah, for no reason. For no reason <laughs> at all. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, do we want to do bingo now? Do. I don't want to do bingo. Time, time for bingo. Uh, I don't think we got it because there were not that many cliches. Although it is questionable if their communicators was don't work, their <laughs> weapons don't work, they um, are trapped on the planet. Uh, there's lots of neck pinches. Um, uh, is there a captain's log? Or a probably open sailing frequencies. Um, oh, she definitely did. Does Sulu set the course? I think Chekhov sets the course. Um, there's no Sulu in this episode. No. So yeah, so it was Chekhov who set the course. Um, I don't know. Oh, the Prime Directive is violated yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, Ancient Earth history is mentioned. Uh-huh. You know, there's a decent amount. I hope we didn't get it, though, because I don't want to win on this Yeah, episode. I hope we didn't get it either. <laughs> um, I only have one clarifier, um, which is communicators don't work. And there is a point where the communicators are in pieces. <sighs> so technically, they do not work. I think I they think don't work. As a plot device, they have made the communicators yeah. inoperable. And then they okay. have to put it back together. So I think that, That's that a big, works for me. Big thing. Cool. Cool. And do we kind of count the... Um, uh, the end bit with Kirk and Gills as a Kirk speech, like I would say it's a Kirk speech. I, my lean was that that is maybe. Um, sure, but we we I think we called it one earlier. Yeah, <laughs> how, how long does it last? How many things does he say? I forget. <laughs> He's, it doesn't matter. He says some stuff. We'll just okay. call it a Kirk speech because it doesn't matter. Okay, we good. didn't get bingo. Like. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't matter. There's but, no, we're not even really close. Like, like, yeah, there's neck pinches. There's recurring actor. There's shirtless Kirk for a real long time. A yeah, real right. long time. And shirtless Nimoy. Yeah. And um, ancient Earth history obviously is referenced. Um, I counted the mind probe as a meld because, yeah. I mean, technically I mean, it, it is. kind of is. is. Like, Spock's is fascinating, but that wasn't on the sheet, so it didn't matter. Like, yeah, like, there was some stuff, but it wasn't, like, super, there wasn't a whole lot. It was mostly just Asian history being terrible, so. I'm okay with this. I'm glad we didn't win this time. I don't want to have to remember this episode or that we did it. (laughs) Come on, Space Seed. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Galileo 7, I'm pretty sure, is what's going to be picked. (laughs) Well, let's find out. Let's hope for a better. I, I think. I think whatever we watch is gonna be a better episode. That's right. If we even pick a bad one, I'll be surprised. <laughs> oh no! Oh, guys, one. we're finally getting rewarded for all of the terrible. Wait, is it Spacey? If, no, if no. not, hold on. Wait, no. is it? Is it? An is arena? it mine? Is it Galileo Seven? It's Arena. It's Arena Ball. Yes. Oh, Paul gets a second tier prize. I got a second tier prize. I'll take it. No, there's only a first tier prize. Right? Uh, um, it's no, her my second tier prize devotion. is the enjoyment of getting it right on a second swing. Yep. For bringing hostility into their solar system, a superior alien race brings Gorn, Captain Gorn, Kirk in Gorn, mortal Gorn. combat against the reptilian captain of an alien ship he was pursuing. Okay. Gorn. 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 <laughs> Guys, this is perfect. With Didn't last week we do another? Another gladiator episode? Yeah, Trix Triskalion. Yay! Two gladiator episodes right in a row. Although <laughs> Arena is a lot better than Triskelion. It's the Triskelion. It's what Triskelion should have been. So Gorn, yay! We're being <laughs> rewarded for Nazis with Gorn. This is exciting. <laughs> I love the Gorn. 
<laughs> Hooray, Gorns. All right. So uh, don't forget, you can follow us on your social media of choice. We mostly hang out on Facebook and Instagram, 3 to beam up at 3 to beam up You can find us. We trust you. You're good at this. Um, and uh, you can email us, info at 3dbeamup.com. And don't forget to watch Arena for next time. And we'll talk about a Gorn. It's going to be exciting.